This is the Traxxas Sector Warcast, a podcast about Warhammer 40k Conquest, the living card game from Fantasy Flight Games. Your hosts are Tobin Lopez, John King, and Carl Anderton. Episode 19, best, longest, first. All right, welcome. This is the Traxxas Sector Warcast episode... Uh... 19. 19? All right, good. I actually lost track. Uh, I'm Tobin Lopez. I'm John King. And I'm Carl Anderton. Uh, what are we up to today, John? Well, 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 we have a world champion. Yeah, Varun Ketterpal <laughs> from the UK. Congratulations, man. Well played. Uh, we'll talk about worlds from our vantage point, at least. Uh, can you say kith? It's like kill, but with a TH sound. <laughs> and we're coming upon our first anniversary, and again, we want you to be a part of it, so... We'll talk about that a little bit later, but we're going to ask for some user input to help us celebrate our one year. Yeah, 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 for sure. Doing the calculations on that, we, yeah. get, we get two anniversaries because I joined you guys what six weeks after you started. Yeah, uh, episode yeah episode yep. three. I don't yeah, know when ooh, that happened. There we go. Maybe yeah, we do so it. So you have the actual and the official birthday. Is well, 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 we'll, we'll yeah. do we'll do the anniversary of the podcast, and we'll, maybe we'll do a heavy a, lore a, segment. A Carl, a Carl anniversary. Uh, we'll do, we do we'll do a Carl <laughs> anniversary. I think that's that works. I, right? I, I, I realize. I know. I know. Some of our guys. Oh, we could all speak in like really bad accents <laughs> from oh, other countries. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be just like a Monty Python sketch. <laughs> Again, <laughs> wrong, wrong way around, I think. But I was going to say, I know there's some folks listening to us in the UK, so it's having the joke of we'll, we'll have the actual actual anniversary, then the official anniversary. Mm-hmm. No, the whole royal family bit? No. no. Oh, yeah, okay. Oh, it's, it's okay. That's British. There is an actual birthday for the Queen, the current monarch, then there's the official one where all the stuff happens. Oh. oh, okay. Yeah, they always. I've never quite understood why they do that, but eh, you know. <laughs> well, like my kids, I have a, I have one child born on the fourteenth of September. The other one was born on the first. We typically have one day of party, which yeah, is yeah, you, you know they have right their the actual birthday on September first. Yeah. They have an actual birthday on the fourteenth, but then we have a party day on the eighth or seventh or whatever weekend falls between. Okay. okay. Well, my my good friends, one one guy's birthday is the end of his wife's birthday is the end of June. His is. July 11th, so they always throw a big bash on July 4th. Right, right. So right. they celebrate American Independence Day. Speaking of the UK, ha 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 We won. I mean, sorry, no wait. Uh, <laughs> no, the, guy, the guy who won was from the UK, actually. Well, so. yeah, but then, then the guy that yeah, so you, you Varun got, is from the UK. Yeah, so he's, I was about to say, Ver, Varun, yeah, Varun, well done. You've exacted your vengeance upon America. Now, and now, the fact that we threw all your tea in the harbor. Did he, did he exact his vengeance in 2015, or did he exact his vengeance in 40,000, in the year 40,000? 41, whatever it is, exactly, <laughs> yeah. 4078, 6 is or something the by the time he's Because, yeah. you know, you could go either way. No, <laughs> So, that was a digression. <laughs> First of all, congratulations to Varun, to Seth Rosen for, for getting second. To any, anybody who competed, uh, it looked like it was fun. I was, my wife teased me that, that, even though I wasn't at Worlds, I really was at Worlds. Uh, I wasn't. I certainly wasn't at home because uh, I kept watching the streams and everything else. So it was a lot of fun to watch. Uh, I was, you know, you, you saw Kith all over the place. What was the breakdown? So and there's some there's some judgment here. We had at one point one of the local Colorado players posted to our group that there were 112 conquest players, but that was after round one. So maybe more started. I know they registered 150. I know that they all read all the games minus Netrunner. Netrunner opened for 300 registrations. Mm-hmm. There were four no shows. War Conquest, Star Wars, uh, they all re- were open to 150, and apparently there were some no shows. Uh, after round one, there were 112 players. And then Fantasy Flight did us the solid of posting the decks by faction. 
So 32% of the, and some, most of you have probably already seen this, 32% were Space Marines, 17% were Kith, 17% were Chaos, 11% were Eldar, and then and then Tyranids, Orcs, Astro Militarum, and Tau closed it out with single-digit percentages. And we should clarify, that's main, main deck faction before allies. Yep, yep, yep. And, yeah. then the, and then they have the Alliance one here, obviously because Space Marines are 32%. You had Astro Militarum and Tau being 18 and 40, 14% respectively. No Alliance was 14%. And I thought, oh, okay, well, that's Tyranids. Well, Tyranids only represented 7%. So there were, including Seth's deck. Well, I... Including Seth's deck, Seth because Seth ran a Space Marine only, no allies. Right, and didn't Varun play? He played only. No, he had Eldar. Oh, he had some Eldar. He had yeah, Eldar because Warlock Destructor oh, yeah, was right, the, the one. Like, yeah, the Warlock Destructor that was that <laughs> was coming too much out. And, and yeah. guys, I, I watched I watched the the stream of you two playing, and and, um, and Varun, I, I read your your write up afterwards, and kudos to you, man. Uh, really well played, but you're quite quite a player, quite a gentleman. I. I'm glad you had a great time. You complimented Seth really well. It, it really in the beginning, I think it could have gone either way. Yeah, there and, were there was uh, well, and Seth, what, Seth there was one turn there a, that well, Seth knocked out a lot of Kith. Yeah, yeah. Coming well, up, between obviously. between Seth and Elliot Dawson, the yeah. Orc player. Yeah. Right. Elliot played, and we we don't we can't confirm this until we see some Team Covenant videos. But I, we think Elliot played. We have the standings here. Do we have the? Do we have the uh, are we brackets? Are we talking to Nasdrake? Yeah, he, yep. he played Nasdrake. Okay. And he had an interesting deck. I think he only had 26 units, maybe even only 24. Nine supports. He had three Daka Dakas, uh, a whole lot of attack. He had three promotions. But he ran the, he ran uh, through some Kith players before he got there. So he was he was loaded to bear. Yeah, Elliot, Kith. I watched one of your games too. And, and uh, the Cracktooth Hall, man. Having yep. that out, that was awesome. Yep. The way you, the way you were constantly, I, I wish I had the timing of you guys, uh, you, you, your top players. I mean, you, you knew exactly your actions to move damage over, to remove uh, chimera tokens, to bring stuff in, uh, basically on ambush. It was awesome to watch. So yeah, I learned yeah, a lot. I appreciate it. So we had some decks that were like Seth Rosen's. Seth's was fully Space Marine, no mm -hmm. ally. You had some Kith. Now Kith represented nine of the seven, nine of the sixteen mm -hmm. top sixteen, which was you know kind of nightmare. Which <laughs> we, we did episode last, uh, our last episode was nightmares, right? Yeah. yeah. And Kith owning it was kind of nightmare. So that that got me concerned. But then you had things happen like an all space marine deck makes top two, an orc deck makes top four. The top four consist of Kith, Eldar, Orc, and Space, Space Marine. Marine. Yeah, so I mean, it, was, know, a, I, I, it was a great spread. It really yeah, was. Well, Dark Eldar strong. So yeah. nine, out, 9 out of 16, that's about what I would have called it if I was going to make for a fairly mm -hmm. balanced. There's going to yeah. be more people getting it just by sheer distribution of players taking the darn deck. You know, there's no there's no choice about it. It's consistent and powerful. So right. Oh, well, they, 16, that's, I mean, given that, they yeah. overrepresented. I mean, Space Marine was a third of the field. Mm hmm. Uh, Kith and Chaos were half that. Oh yeah, right. And I think I don't. We don't have the pictures in front of us, but I think maybe there were two Space Marines in the top sixteen. Um, but there were and there were nine. Yeah, Kith. and Seth was playing Ragnar. He wasn't playing Kato. Yeah, Ragnar. yeah, 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 yeah. Mm -hmm. And Ragnar has been the more powerful one just because of that hunting ability, yeah. just because of the kill ability that he mm -hmm. gives. 
He's been the more he's been the stronger deck um, for a while. Well, meta wise, yeah, like yeah. I, I, you know, on a global meta yeah, perspective, well, like stronger stronger against um, against Kiss specifically with the more fragile Dark Eldar, more, right. less vulnerable to getting um, Clevex killed and all that, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Well, I'm saying I make the point there as well that everybody knows my feelings about Doom. Yeah, and Favex <laughs> is right there with it. Well, uh, I mean, Clevex, just the fact that I fall for it all the time. Well, I was going to say at least Favex is one dude, but yeah, um, I've been playing a lot of Game of Friends recently. I won't talk on the ambush front. So, <laughs> you know, yeah, my friends are getting tired of that. Um, yeah, um, and, and like saying the the kind of point there that um, those Marines are, uh, are basically going in gearing for Kith, pretty much. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like the Orc and Eldar have got the easy job of gearing of teching for marines that are teching for kith as it were. I mean I know there's not much not a massive amount of variation in there but they still they've still got a very good idea of what distribution decks are going to be like so you know they're not not knocking down how well they did but it explains mm-hmm. explains to me how that got into a, a decently diverse opening but yeah Eldar and Nork in the top row particularly mm-hmm. um, a straight orc is fantastic yeah. yeah and I mean the most popular warlords what Cato uh, was the most popular mm-hmm. right uh, followed by kith Ragnar Eldroth and Zarathur were tied for fourth Kugoth was in there at fifth. Yes, <laughs> love to see the plague father represent. Still, so I, I don't know why. why I mean, I, I love Zarathur, but the, he's still a pain in the back. Kugoth is so really rough to deal with. You know, yeah, and really, really rough. The I think the Kugoth player got close to the top sixteen. He got close. There were some really memorable things. The things that we heard about were uh, the the younger players. There's a twelve year old and maybe a fourteen year old. Twelve year old got thirty first. Came in thirty first. Oh. So that was pretty cool. That's one of those you can't. That's, I mean, thirty first is one. In, uh, 30, you know, top third is yeah. Your games went well. You yeah. know, not all of them, but they went well. Oh yeah, <laughs> I got I got thirty second last year, and I felt pretty good about it. I'd be considering I'd be delighted, considering yeah. I had gone in zero and eleven in my last eleven matches, and then and I had at the time I only had two cores. And I was playing Strachan. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, as, out, out of that field, having played in Gen Con in the all-day tournaments and, and Worlds the year before, it can be a grind. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So to be able to play and not make mistakes, it, it almost gets to the point where uh, everybody's a good player, you know, near, near the end of the day. You're playing. You're playing people of the same record, so you're. You would think that your skill level, your deck construction is pretty, pretty similar. It's almost of like who doesn't make the mistake right. that allows yeah. the the opponent to pounce and all that kind of stuff, or, or you know is able to counter well, kind of thing. I mean, watching the final match, uh, like I said, first first couple of rounds seemed like winning either way, then and Varun then kind of got that choke, that choke on Seth, and just you just kind of saw it squeeze and tighten. And even then, it was still. It was still iffy because if if, if uh, there was always a chance because Kith had already been bloodied at yeah, that Kith point. Yeah, Kith was bloodied. So there was turn al- two. Yeah, right? so there was always yeah, always a so chance of always a chance of the warlord kills warlord yeah. kills. So it was it was a great match, guys. I think really that was. I think he was bloodied turn two, and the Robert Johnson and Jeremy Warren who did the commentary were spot on, and and they were like, okay, this is big, this is big here mm-hmm. because because it was the turn before the end. Because Seth had initiative, so he was going to get the swing first. He had Ragnar's War Camp out, so if he manages to find Kith, who was only a one-five, he would have been able to do two damage to Kith. Now, you know, Varun might have been able to shield that, right? But he does two damage. Ragnar comes in, 
I don't think Ragnar was bloodied at that point. Ragnar, Ragnar tries to find her. He does two damage to Kith. Maybe Kith doesn't. Maybe Kith takes. Maybe not. But then he doubles the damage, and he could potentially bloody her in one swing. You mean kill her? Yeah. Kill her. Yeah, and, yeah, and yeah, kill, kill her. Finish, yeah. mm -hmm. So that was a really tense turn right there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, <laughs> it was great. Normally, well, normally, I don't really watch a whole lot of videos, or if I do, it's like, oh, okay. I, I try to see. What I would do in the situation, or, or I, I watched some of the videos that I've played with Tobin. Tobin's posted uh, where he's kicked my ass, and it's like, oh, there's my mistake. That's what I did wrong. Uh, you know, try <laughs> no, you know, trying to learn, trying to learn kind of thing. But I, I got to say, I truly enjoyed that match because I was just kind of like, and I didn't know who won beforehand. So so I, I kind of kept myself in the dark about that to be surprised. So, well, it's, yeah. it's kind it's of funny how uh, fair play to the community, the tons and tons of like, spoiler, spoiler, spoiler warning. No, 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 no like, spoilers in time. Yeah, I was, I was able, for a good while. Exactly, was, I was able to, to avoid who, out, you know? able to avoid that. And, and Tobin said, oh, we got the final match. Like, okay, great. I didn't look at any comment. I just clicked the link and I, I, yeah, I expanded the, I, exactly, I expanded the, yeah, and, the I, and I didn't want to put video, it up there. So it was said, pretty neat. Yeah, mm -hmm. when I, when I put it up there, I was like, well, people might be watching this for the first time so I'm not going to put who the champion is it's just a world championship yep. it's the championship yep. match the here it is both players were interviewed at the end that's all I'm going to yep. say yeah <laughs> so it's so it. It. it was great yeah, yeah. go watch it you know, sounds clickbait, but go watch it. Really, and, it was, and, you know. and again, props to Fantasy Flight for allowing us to uh, record that and then post it after the fact. I think the world champ, the the top sixteen one that fe featured Elliot versus uh, a Kith player. I can't remember their name. Uh, where Elliot was the orc, I posted that first because that happened early in the day. I posted it first on Saturday night. By the time uh, Sunday morning came around, it had already been viewed. Uh, 60 ish times like mm -hmm. boom people really wanted to see the York matchup and then um, but the championship match has been seen 150 plus times already so people are interested yeah. in seeing it and seeing what happened yeah. so. I would throw in as well <clears throat> for me 112 players with the size of community we have at a Worlds event is pretty darn awesome that's great to hear we've got that many people and, I, and obviously international yeah exactly yeah. all and, over the place and that was after round 2 there's there's, there's uh, we were someone was asking uh, on Facebook how many and so maybe 150 or near 150 started but not not that many played it into round two yeah all i know is what elliot told us which was 112 people after uh, during yeah. round two even if so. it started around that that is a really good showing yeah. you can compare it to the size of the big games and it's it's comparable mm -hmm. you know i mean we go on about how the size of the community here and it building up but that's a, a really good sign yeah you know so Reflecting on the World Championship, so where I, I I'm kind of I'm I'm looking forward to play. I want to play some more. One thing that I wanted also to do was talk about maybe what the store championship season will look like, at least in the first you know January and February. So store championships can start taking place January one, of course, right? January one through March thirty first, assuming FFG holds to their calendar uh, for twenty fifteen mm -hmm. uh, in twenty sixteen. What do we think that's going to look like? Decree of Ruin, the first pack, should be out. You know, the talk from Worlds was that it should be hitting soon. I haven't seen it go into <laughs> shipping. You know, what, what do you... Soon, know, famous last a, words, yeah. right? Yeah, I've decided soon is a four-letter word. Famous last <laughs> words. Uh, I, so, I, I realize I'm talking to, to, to not, not the right kind of computer gaming types. It's soon TM. Listen, <laughs> activation, I not Soon trademark. Soon having a specific meaning. <laughs> well, you know, I, I think obviously whenever there's a big tournament uh, like Worlds and you see a great deck like Varun's and a great deck like Seth's come out 
um, people want to play them. I, I know I do, so uh, you know I'll build a, I'll build those decks. Well, Sensor's a Space Marine only. I mean, that takes some cojones, right? I right. Mean, oh, I'm, <laughs> I'm curious to see that one. I've always liked the Ragnar stuff, and I'm interested to see. Thinking about the normal combos that go into a Ragnar, I'm like, hello, what's what's what, what was he playing there? So yeah. Like, so well, I, mean, I, I think yeah, the yeah. first first sets of the store championships, the first couple of months, we'll probably see a lot of Ragnar and a lot of Kit. Um, I'm I hoping. I don't know because there's there's two warlords. Right, Starblaze. Starblaze. Every time, I know, yeah. every time Starblaze comes again, across my lips, I just smile. Again, I'm sure it's better in the original town. It's, it, it's got to be winds off a winds of a dying sun or something like that. You know, something awesome, poetic. But why don't they say Commander Winds of a Dying Sun? Because you instead of Commander Starblaze, because you, you can't. Well, one, you can't you can't put that on the card. But maybe they should put Starblaze in quotes. That's what they should have been. You just so you're, unquote, you're, saying, you're, saying, you're saying Commander Winds of Starblaze Dying Sun. Yeah. Is what you're saying. Starblaze and then Broderick, which is, you know, Broderick, Starblaze? Hmm. No. They're coming out of the same pack. Right. right. So they're in the first Platterfall pack. And then I think you have Barzul coming up after that. Yes. yes. Maybe. May, is that right? I think Barzul. Pretty, sure. pretty sure. Balance eight. Yeah, Balance eight. Yeah. Yeah. Balance eight, which is Barzul. <laughs> so those three, you have three Warlords hitting. Before or right as store championship season starts, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Oh, is a complete change. Yeah, you know, Broderick War talks about we're talking about the planet icons finally mattering, and then you have Tau, which is like the Starblaze smile on my face, yeah, yeah. <laughs> using Astro Militarum only. Mm. No, I was going to. I mean, those are some hijinks, right? Yeah, I was going to cut into that. Looking at the the actual distribution stats in front of us here, um, obviously. The, um, the as allies the Imperial Guard rate, rate second that's largely because there were so many Marines mm -hmm. but it still leads to the interesting you know that's that's enforced really it's either that or Tau and that's the top two you have but that does lead me to think okay so obviously there are some good units in, in Astro Militarum this is like oh, taking, yeah. taking aside what we know about the game you can go okay so if all of a sudden Tau have the chance to take one of the more used factions yeah, I, I would. I'm. I'm not sure we're going to see a ton of Broderick War in the um, store championship, apart from the people playing the anti-meta sleeper decks. I think the icon focus trick is going to be. Uh, from what I've seen, it's, it's a division down the center. Half the world's mm -hmm. players go. That looks really interesting. Half go. That'll never work. Right. That's that's, a, that's well, the thing. Well, and, and the Astra Militarum. The the thing with the AM. The reason that they're allied a lot is because they have so many two cost of units. They have the. The Psyker, which is a 0-4, two command icons for two, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. They have the Iron Guard recruits, two command icons, one... One, two. One, two? Yep. One, three? Yeah, one, one two. two. For two command icons. So you have those boom, 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 and with Tau, you put that with Starblaze? Yep. I think he's going to be the new hotness. Oh, well, yeah, that's what I'm working towards. Yeah, I, I, I mean, agree completely. Because all of a sudden, you have now you have choke <laughs> with Tau. Yeah. yeah. Like... Yeah. You don't need promotions, right? Because everybody's already at too high. You, you, you spend all these little things, and they're all staging ground worthy. There's a lot of staging mm -hmm. ground That's worthy. That's the thing. Star staging Folks. ground in Tau is a scary, scary thing. Oh, my thought. gosh, yeah. yeah. So yeah. I think Starblaze is going to be the new hotness yeah. as it approaches. Broderick War, I, I think, you know, I, I'm interested in the, in the mechanics. But, yeah, I agree in that I don't think he's going to make a big, strong showing in the first part of the... And maybe it's because maybe because we need units a three three dude right but yeah, maybe I we mean, need to see more yeah. of more hijinks being able to change up the icons yeah as some because hopefully we'll see some of that stuff come out in the planetfall cycle and oh hey this is a card that's gonna that kind of supports 
somebody that has uh, um, a special ability regarding an icon like Broderick War. Right. And we haven't seen, with, now, between you know the promotions for out of Fantasy Flight, the news items out of Fantasy Flight, and the spoilers, I don't know that we've seen every single card in Decree of Rune, but we've gotten close. We've had a lot, of, lot of focus, a lot of focus spoilers. So we've, I think we've yeah, seen all the chaos yeah. ones. Like one of the comments to make is the Dark Eldar ones. Nothing in the Dark Eldar makes me see that that would change how Dark Eldar are going to play. There's nothing in there that go, a Kith immediately goes, "Oh, I'll have that straight in the deck," you know, mm -hmm. kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so I'd, well, I'd, the Kith yeah. deck is already tight enough. Yeah, exactly. That to push something out. It's got to be really it's good. Gotta be yeah. good. It's got to be there's good. It's got to be good. There's no, there's no, there's no Jackson Howard and NBN kind of thing of like, oh, more of it. Okay, you know, there we <laughs> that go. That was a Netrunner reference for <laughs> yeah. those of you paying yeah, attention. Yeah, but there you go. <laughs> um, yeah. um, uh, so, but, but yeah, but like you're saying there, with because because I think it's not that it's not that wars um, war stuff is going to be bad, and it's not that we we haven't seen what cards are going to turn up for him. I just think from the opinion the opinion I've got of the meta, the general impression is that I don't think too much of that will turn up. If anything, we'll turn up in the new one before we get Barzul, who's different and powerful enough right. to be something to play around and oh, mess things God, up. Yeah. yeah, I think yeah, I think Starblaze is the is the new, is the new interesting thing that's still rock consistent. I, I gotta admit, I've got a I excited and disappointed that he's coming out in the same pack as War because I wanted to play War. <laughs> I'm going to play War, but Starblaze. Oh, I, I excuse the language. I got a chubby. I really do. I, I mean, I you know, good thing we're explicit, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm not really... I've tried playing Tau, and I don't do it well <laughs> at all. <laughs> well, um, it is, admittedly, it's it's not easy, right? Right. Like, it, it took me reading But I can stage Davis, and grind with the best Davis of them, man. Davis Kingsley's uh, write-ups yeah. on Shadow Sun. Agreed. It took me yep. writing... Uh, now, I didn't look at his deck. I wanted to... I still have this thing about really creating my own deck, but I did his write-up. I read his write-up and his justifications, and I said, okay, let me let me look into this. And I need to read those articles because I'm tired it a couple of you times. kicking my ass with We've that, played with that it a couple times, and I've played you with it a couple times, and I played another game with it recently uh, with the guy Total Escape, and he had Old One-Eye, mm -hmm. and he had just bullied the heck out of me at Planet One and Two. I mean, he had it was a it was a three, four, or five planet win. I mean, you could all you had to do was win one of the th three of those first five, and you won, right? And he won the first two, and I'm like, I I got nothing, but yeah. I. And, I, that's when it started to turn because then I locked down one and then I and then because I had lock one locked down, which was three opening three right, so then I just kind of started cascading and I had command lock on him, and he was just like I thought I had that game one, <laughs> he's like and then you didn't let me win again and it was insane and 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 it was shadows and it was just like oh he's gonna do it and oh now now this guy has three attachments on him I had. Two of the stealth cadres on the Fireblade Cosfer. So the Fireblade Cosfer was a six-seven hero, <laughs> right? Who, who shields other people better? It was like he was just like, I can't hit anything. <laughs> yeah. Current winning version for that, by the way, is a seven-seven Blood Angels veteran with AOE two. Yeah, <laughs> I've, been play, I've been playing exactly yeah. that deck, and I just made your opponent go. So after after he's after he's finally given him exhausted and killed half my stuff, <laughs> then I can start hurting him properly. Right, right. right. <laughs> yes, yes, you can. You and know, if you've yeah. got a, if you've got a fireblade customer there, you're not hurting him at yeah, all. Yeah, you're exactly. like, no, no, shield, shield one, shield two, shield yeah. three. I don't do a lot of reviews, but every once in a while, I'm like, okay, I, I need some inspiration here, on such and such. 
Well, Shadow Sun's the one because I I I messed. I'd seen. I'd played a couple of your earlier decks with it a few times and seen kind of what you were going for. And I'd felt the same thing that there's there's a deck in here somewhere, but I didn't know how to get it rolling. Right. And he's, again, to to give the shout out, specifically Kingley's one. I'll give him his fair due. I kept discounting the Crisis Battle Suit unit. The five. The five. What five for a three something stupid three five mm -hmm. three command icons mobile. And I was like, that seems a bit expensive. Current wisdom is that big uh, big price units aren't worth it. That thing is a monster. It's going to be comedically good in in the um, Star Blazes deck. Yeah, well, and, so and, and I've and I've started to get used to the five costers. Putting I I now I, I'm now trying to find reasons not to include three of those five or six costed units in my decks because I I want to I want to switch things up a little bit. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I have big money, and sometimes I go against a player, and I have all these little things, and he has this one big mamma jamma, and I can't get her the rid big mamma jamma. The big mamma jamma wins the game for him. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, well, you know what? I don't have one of those in my deck. Maybe I should put one in. Whether it's a vicious bloodletter, a gleeful mm -hmm. plague beast, yeah. uh, you know, I, or a Lehman Russ, one of those, one of those things, right? Yeah. And it's like, well, I mean, I think the the Russ and the Crisis are good examples of those big scaries. Uh, well, and take the Vicious Bloodletter as well. The Vicious Bloodletter is worth it because of that crazy AoE attack. Yes. It's right. nice and strong, expensive, right. but a ridiculous, ridiculously powerful strike. Both the Crisis and the Russ are good because they're tough, decently hitting, and a ridiculous chunk of command. I mean, right. that command is really hard. Now, the, the, the battle suit um, tops it off with Mobile, which is the absolute, yes, I need at least two of these in my deck moment. Right. Because that just right. completely screws everyone's control, yeah. you know, mathematics. And, and um, I went with the, the thing that I remembered. Davis's art of saying was Tactical Squad Cardenas, Cardenis. Mm -hmm. um, he had three up, and I'm like, oh, you know, I played one or two, and I went to three, and then I started putting the the the, drone, the gun drones on it to because AOE AOE stacks, <laughs> right? So all of yep. a sudden, when you have initiative, that little man, they, those those ten guys yeah. are <laughs> exhausting for three area for, effect, for a which can do a <laughs> whole lot of damage, oh, well, right? I mean, yeah. a three area effect is massive. You're like, I don't have... You don't have I enough have, shields I in your hand. I don't have enough shields in my hand. I got yeah. nothing. Somebody's yep. dying. Yep. Yeah, something's going away. So, yeah. I've had... And that's... I think that's happened in our game, is yeah. I managed to pull off the gun drones on a, on a Cardenas when I had initiative, and all of a sudden, the board is clear. So, there are, th there are ways... You, I think one of the weaknesses that I have is I tend to build online. I, I sit in front of my computer a lot, right? <laughs> I don't have a chance to sit there uh, at, at my dining room table and have my cards laid out and think about the, the, that information as live cards. I often, it has to come to me like, oh, that card exists. I need to remember, can I go look at that now and see how it interacts? The way I process information is more, and the way most people process information better is Adjacent. So if you have it out in front of you, I've said this before in the podcast, you have that out in front of you, you can process it faster, quicker, and in different ways when it's out in front of you instead of when it's in layers. When it's on screen, it's considered to be in layers because you have to go find it. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I would, I would respond to that where the, the better deck builders for the for card games are the ones that do exactly that, where they present info in that kind of manner. Yeah. So no offense, we haven't really got one of those for Conquest yet if someone would like to build one, where the, where the design is, is elegant enough to have that tabletop feel of I, well, I get something and everything pops up near it. Yeah, know, Conquest, Conquest DB has it kind of. Close, yeah, close. Card Game DB has rows, right? So, yeah, that's fine. Um, Card Game DB has it kind of. Conquest DB has it a little bit better. Mm -hmm. But even Netrunner DB, like Netrunner database, you, you get three cards next to each other. But those are ordered by type. 
Fair enough, yeah. So, I, I find it easier. So it's, it's a yeah. little bit easier on Netrunner DB because you have the three. You know, I don't. But I do get what you mean. Searching, searching a whole stack of cards yourself, specifically. Yeah, searching kind of, a database. Yeah, yeah. Versus saying, searching a virtually a stack yeah, of cards. Saying, yeah, searching actual stack definitely brings up that. Oh yeah, I forgot about him. Yeah, kind of yeah thing, I yeah. actually I built a Zerather deck that I, I'm going to try um, because I was going through and it's like, all right, yeah, you know, I want I want to do some different things, and um, one of the cards I came across was the Ancient Keeper of Secrets. Yeah, yep. and I was looking at it like, wow, that's a cool card. Yeah, it's like, ugh, seven cost, boy. And then I realized, boy, you know, now there's actually a lot of uh, uh, cultists, right? That and I've always used a cult, sacrifice the cultist to bring out the demons, right? For cheaper, mm -hmm. right? Well, the thing about the ancient keeper's secrets is you sacrifice a cultist to ready it. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking I'm going. The, the idea behind the deck is a lot of cultists, uh, and I have Xavier's split tongue to be able to hopefully generate some extra promise of glory. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, the Splinter Path Acolyte is a cultist. Mm -hmm. the, of course, the Chaos Fanatics are cultists that help with command. But then, um, because I was kind of still thinking of Starblaze and the whole economy action and being able to do multiple things in a turn, it's like, gee, you know, if you get one Keeper Secrets out and you've got three or four cultists at another planet, mm -hmm. boy, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be fun, you know, watching him uh, <laughs> attack and ready and attack and ready and attack cool. and ready. So, well, I say I have I have a specific an anecdote for you because I'm surprised you you haven't brushed up against this yet. The guy who regularly played Chaos stuff um, back when Keeper Secrets came out got exactly the Zave's the Zave's secrets combo down, and it's 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 fantastic because it's always it's just a simple game of Keeper Secrets comes down, it kills something. Pretty much. Yeah, Xavius creates yeah, a cult. Yes, cult uh, uh, oh, cult look at that. We'll sacrifice yeah. him immediately yeah. and ready it's, the keeper. It's, it's warp stone on, on the installment plan. Yeah. It's <laughs> basically, it's just dead. Everything is going to die. <laughs> well, that is what's going to happen. Xavius just sits here and says, Go, keeper, go. Go, keeper, go. Go. Oh, look how good the keeper is. Come on, come to our cult. I would make the point as well. Lunch. Whilst you're saying about the whole, you know, it's a seven cost. Yeah, but it's a demon. It's a demon right. in chaos, which changes that mathematics. I think chaos is the play big things faction. Yeah, a lot of it's big scary to demons, and so you. Can oh, in my Kugoth deck, yeah. my gleeful plague. Re I run three gleeful pl plague beasts. Yeah. Um, you know, the, I you think won't the, be able to say that three times fast. No, no, not at all. Reful, reef, reful beast plague. Yeah, plague, plague, plague beast. <laughs> you know, but but uh, I, so I, I'm agreeing. You know, sometimes you go through and you're like, boy, what's this card? And you're like, oh, yeah, I forgot about him. And then so you go to build something, and something kind of falls together. Because another thing I have in there is the Ravenous Flesh Hounds. You know, John, six months ago, would have put six, you know, three of each of those units in. <laughs> and it's like, boy, you know, I'm never going to afford that. It's going to be great when I get all six out. I'll never have six out, kind of thing like that. So, so I, I've tailored it back. I think I'm playing two and two or maybe two and one to have three big units and, and I realize, you know, it doesn't matter what deck I get. My play style is limited in a certain area where, uh, again, like I've said before, I'm a big blunt tool. I'll just keep trying to bash you over the head, and then when you have those subtler decks that I don't see coming, I step into it, and I'm like, ah, oh, crap, I thought I had that game, and I lose. So I'm trying to, like, okay, I, I you know, I need to save this guy for... Finesse for, it a little bit you more. Yeah, for, for later, saying I don't need him on... I don't need him turn one. I don't need him turn two. I need him on planet four when the game's on the line. So I need to make sure that that's all the way there. And I think uh, Commander Starblaze is going to help me be able to practice that. Because yeah, so having those, 
it's really going to be almost like having ambush in Astro Militarum, which is going to be insane. Yeah. Well, th- th- that brings up something that I've I've thought about lately. So, Netrunner versus Conquest. Netrunner, I've, I've used the analogy of Netrunner's baseball, Conquest's tennis. But also, there's something a little bit more subtle there, which is the bluff aspect for Netrunner. I mean, Netrunner had almost 300 people at the Worlds, which was twice as many as everybody else, mm-hmm. right? And why is that game so popular? Well, I, I love it. But mm-hmm. there's a that bluffing aspect, mm-hmm. the the, and and I'm recounting a, a buddy of mine who played Netrunner, at Worlds, uh, Matt Dawkins. He's in Colorado Springs. He doesn't play any Conquest anymore. But he was talking about how he masked his deck, mm-hmm. right? He masked his. He played, he played one ID in a particular way to to mask it. Mask the real purpose of the, the archetype, of the deck. To, 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 right? Yeah. Mask the archetype from his opponent, and then you know, four, five, six turns later, his opponent thought he had him, he, he had the deck nailed, and Matt goes bam, 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 and and, and he looked, he said his opponent's his, his opponent's face kind of turned white, like, huh, uh oh, <laughs> I thought that was one thing, and it's something completely different, right? Mm-hmm. And that's something you can do in, in that runner. You can do it in all card games, but I think for Netrunner, the bluffing aspect is part of the system is part of that. It, for, for Conquest, bluffing is not necessarily part of the system, but it can be part of the play style. Yeah. yeah. I, I would say Net, right? Netrunner, Netrunner is built with the assumption that you're going to be doing a certain amount of bluffing a mind game, period. It's, right. it's, it's implicit. Right. Yeah. But you're quite right. Any, any card game. Netrunner taught me that. I think I now, until I played Netrunner, I would almost never considered it, but I now play every card game to a degree with a tiny little voice saying, the cards you've just put down, what has that just told your opponent? Right. You know, ev- whatever, right. whatever I'm doing, period. I mean, particularly when you think about the, the planet layout. Which planet do you go to? I mean, wh- 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 what planet do you place a unit at? Your opponent has a go, does he want that resource? Is he playing something later on? What the planet icon's telling me? That was his first play for the turn, so is he stalling, etc. I mean, particularly, I, I find we're playing against control decks or playing against snipes. People want to come and kill allies and things. Yeah. That whole deal of holding on to your command, I- command characters later on. So when you start a round with, oh, uh, Void Pirate on that planet. And so, okay, so what are you trying to surprise me with, and why are you telling me where you're trying to get resources? And there's another difference between the, the, the game of Conquest asks you, requires you to provide more information mm-hmm. than a game of Netrunner. And that is simply because in the game of Netrunner, you're sitting across, I'm sitting across with my opponent, I have my ID out, you have your ID out, we decide on mulligans. The table looks exactly the same every single game when I decide on mulligans. In Conquest, because the planets are out there and the planets are exposed, every single game looks different. Well, the first yeah. million or so look I was going to say, right? yeah, the, the, the odds so, are good. <laughs> the odds so are then good. you duplicate after the first million. Yeah. That means that every game is different and the the, the planet layout is, de- is, is requiring the player to play information. When I play the first card, I'm really hesitant to play the first card, my ally card. I really don't want to. I want to delay them knowing who my ally is. Yeah, and where you're going with it. Mm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Where, they can, where they can count. Well, it. well, yeah. just like if I'm playing orcs, do I want to that that first Astra Militarum or the first Chaos card I play? That's going to give them information. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Up until then, they're guessing. Right. Like, ah, if you I'm sitting across from orcs and, and everything like that until when Astra Militarum hits the table. Oh, great! No warp storm. Right. Or you know, Chaos hits the table. Oh, all right. No suppressive fire. Right. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Oh. 
So it, it, it's definitely. So there's so there's that piece that bluffing aspect can be a part of your play style. I haven't thought it out more than that, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Well, I think your comparison with Matt's description is the one that matters the conquest. It's less of a bluff and more a matter of concealing the overall plan. Like you're saying there, you're playing you're playing a um, a tau deck, okay? You could have exterminatus. It's it's fairly rare. It's pretty unusual, but you could play out in a way that says, "No, nah, I don't have any marine stuff. It's all it's all tau. It's nothing too surprising." And then you you can you can engineer a situation where exterminatus comes in and really changes the game yeah. for you. Yeah. When if it's there are deck build there are good deck builds out there. I mean, as we get more and more cards, it becomes more viable. Where you take a, a pretty much loyal force and then just throw in the one or two utility cards. And so that being a classic example, the warp storm in in the um, in the various chaos decks or orc ones, you know, hidden hidden away in there, mm-hmm. where it can be like this is the only thing I have that isn't orc and it's my my sleeper hit. They're all possible ways of playing, you know, you know, of, of, of designing and making that making that tactic work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the, I think I think the decree of ruin, the two, first two packs will really change things up a little bit. People will be exploring things. Store championships is is uh, there's. Well, at least in Colorado, there'll be a half dozen of them, mm-hmm. right? Within three hours drive time of each other, uh, there'll be there'll be two or three within uh, half hour of me, right? So that'll be nice, but th- that allows for more experimentation, especially when you have uh, smaller groups. You know, one one person wins their first one, and then they don't win the buy the second time. They might win the tournament, but they don't win the buy again. Mm-hmm. So. It allows for some experimentation and encourages experimentation. And I look forward to it. I <laughs> I really would like you know, it's funny. I've we've had we've had the Great Devourer since Gen Con. Mm-hmm. So I really want some new cards. I'm really like <laughs> now like okay, everybody's got Great Devourer. Okay, everyone's really decree rune. Come on, come on. <laughs> yeah, right? but, yeah. I've had data and destiny for six you know, for three months. Come on. Well yeah, you know, yeah, on. Specific case. On, uh, you know. <laughs> At least right now, they can't come fast enough. <laughs> I say that and watch Decree of Ruin, the first three, land before the end of the new year, and I'm like, no, wait, stop! Fire hose, fire hose, I don't want that much! So, but yeah, be careful what you wish for, but I would really like, yeah... I'd We'll, 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 we'll definitely see one before the championships. We'll almost definitely see two, I guess, before before the championships really get going. Mm-hmm. So, so we have, uh, we'd asked some listeners for some lore questions and some um, things that they wanted to hear Carl talk about because Don and I <laughs> mostly sit on the sidelines for the lore segment. It, we we have managed to read three books of the Horse Heresy. Did you yeah. finish the the fourth one? The Fulgrim? No, I'm still not in. Fulgrim. The the Flight of the Eisenstein. Did you? Did you oh, did you fly, um, did you read yeah. that one. So yeah, you're on I, Fulgrim, which is book five or six. Yeah. Okay. All right. Fair play. Well, as it happens, today's one will involve that. Um, I'm picking on this question. No, no offense to Mitch who put this in via Twitter. Not because I think the answer is particularly interesting. It's a, it's a, it's um, it's a philosophical question, but mainly because to to talk about this, we have to explain a bit of um, law situation that we probably right. haven't touched on too well. So, what's the question he asked? Okay, so from Mitch. By the way, Mitch is the hive tyrant. He provided a yeah. Oh yes, <laughs> and Facebook banned him. <laughs> Apparently there is such a thing as too much Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> so Mitch was posting as the high so he's posting on his high tyrant page and then sharing it to the conquest page. And apparently, all that stuff and all the, the all the posts and all the pictures got him banned for one week from Facebook. Wow, so, Mitch! Congratulations, <laughs> you you broke Facebook. That's quite awesome. That's quite awesome. Holy moly! Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Mitch, 
Mitch has out Facebook Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> if anybody's not familiar with his work, go check it out. He's done some great interviews. He did interviewed with all of, all of, all, all of us and... and uh, out of the three of us, mine was probably the best. <laughs> well, mine was the longest. Yes, yours was the best. Yours was the longest, longest but <laughs> mine was the first. So, <laughs> <screw> <laughs> <out>. <laughs> well, well, now now we've got a name for the episode. Anyway, <laughs> um, but yeah, this is this to me. After having done the um, law interview with Mitch, it was an unsurprisingly Mitch question. Personally, if, any, if anyone hasn't um, watched that video, I recommend it. Not mm-hmm. only because I talk for nearly ninety minutes. <laughs> but more importantly, because what Mitch does is very, very neatly fill the gaps and everything I'm talking about and keeps oh, the discussion yeah, he, going. He does a great. really good job of playing it out. So I'll say that. He's amazing. So I was unshocked to go, this is the hive tyrant, right? When I read this question. <laughs> so the question is, was the Emperor wrong to hide Chaos and the Warp from his Primarchs? If he hadn't, what would be different? So, some context. If you haven't read the Horus Heresy novels, first of all, go and read the Horus Heresy novels. You really should. They're excellent. I know you guys are working your way through them. This is discussing the fact that um, we recently, in those books, discovered that early on in the 30,000th millennium, 10,000 years before the current setting we're in, that the idea that um, the Imperium didn't know about Chaos and the Warp. They knew about the Warp as a place you could travel through, they used their ships to go through, but they had no idea of the entity Chaos, of the corruptive power, of the dangers, anything like that. The very first novel covers um, a... a well... Not to spoil that, covers a fantastic situation in exactly that, which is well worth looking into. The the horror and shock that some otherwise immortal feeling space marines encounter when they hit this awful demon demonic thing. Um, and the the impression the impression we get from that is that the emperor knew knew about this. New chaos was a thing and a danger. He as humanity had spread out into into the stars, he encountered this thing. And one of the things he'd done, one of the reasons he'd made Horus Warmaster and re- and retired to, to Terra to hide away from everyone else and look at this was to decide what to do about it was to think about a way of dealing with this problem um, we, we see parts of that later on, we see the, um, the Astronomicon, the beacon through the warp in later parts of the, mm-hmm. of the setting mm-hmm. as, as, a, as part of, the, of like dealing with this problem when we hear about the various things the Emperor did like, um, like developing the webway as a way to go through the, to travel through um, the galaxy safely and avoid going through the warp so, he had this big secret one of the implications we get is that um, Horace's part of Horace's betrayal, or his feeling of being betrayed by the Emperor, was that he kept the biggest of secrets from him, that he didn't trust Horace specifically and his sons, the Primarchs in general. So, this is a what-if question. Okay. But there's, there's, also, but there's also a bit, at least in the first two books, that talk about Horace really like being disillusioned mm-hmm. with the all or nothing approach that the emperor has asked of him either you either so so there was a eldar like I, I i imagined it being eldar there there was a there was a beings humans that they mm-hmm. come into t- t- touch with in book 2 and that's where the one of the chaos items got stolen and the, there's this whole betrayal thing and i can't remember the term of this group don't they meet that species in book 1 but they come back to it in 2 yeah, I think that the last, last, the last like, yeah, the last third or quarter so. is them. I, 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 the name is on the tip of my tongue, but they meet trans, a, trans, what? Trans yeah, something. yeah, but a, they're they're a particularly they're a particularly enlightened, very high tech, right, elegant right. race. Yes, yes, t- yes. totally non imperial. That's yeah, the big yeah. problem. Yeah, they, but they're and they're and they're yeah. based. They're 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 an extension of humanity because humanity yeah. was sent out to the stars by the emperor. Yeah, you know, eons ago, and 
and they they evolved in slightly different ways. Yeah, in isolation. Yeah. Right. So uh, it, there's it, it was this thing like, well, do we go to war with them, or do we kill them? <laughs> like, well, like there there didn't seem to be any here any uh, gray area with the emperor. Either you kill you kill anything that isn't human, and these aren't human by by Horace's understanding of the emperor's lo- de- definition of humanity. Horace was feeling compelled to tr- have to go to war with these people. Mm-hmm. Well, now everything was played out in the end, but he was really bothered by that. He yeah. wanted to accept them into the Imperium yeah. instead of killing them because they weren't Right, but I, I don't human. I don't yeah. think the emperor had that decree of Well, no, the, the decree of the crusade is that all humanity joins us. That's it. Right. Yeah. Well, and that was yeah. the thing. It's either join us or die. Yeah. And that's, I think that's what's getting a little muddled there. That's, that's what Horace was facing, this problem of, well, you know, these people, these people are technically defying us. They're saying, right. here we are. We have, a, we have a version of humanity that's perfectly fine. It's not your version. It's not the one that your emperor thinks. We don't believe in this leader. But according to what Horace, Horace's, the stricture, strictures of his, of his yeah, own duty was, was like, to conquer them. Right, they had right. Well, and they had to recognize the emperor. As right, the that was the big thing: yeah. is that they Arbiter they weren't going to re- yeah they weren't going to yeah, recognize the emperor, and and Horace wanted to enter into more negotiations to bring them around to that way of thinking rather than yeah. well, going immediately to the sword. Not right. just that; he specifically says, "Why can't we leave these people alone?" Mm-hmm. Now, listen, technically, that's yeah. that's directly in countermand to what the emperor had right. agreed. That, that that is that is a that that um, as I think it's Abaddon Abaddon specifically that says to him, "That's a betrayal. That's treasonous." To say to say that, as in, in taken again in the black and white view. Now, this this all comes around from this idea that um, you know I think you're quite right. This is the start of his disillusionment. No argument there. But it's very possible the first step is actually when Horace is made war master. Oh where, yeah, absolutely. Where, yeah, yeah, they the talk emperor, about that yeah. ad nauseum. I mean, yeah, they exactly. say, you know, why did you leave us? Yeah, exactly. Oh, emperor yeah. who was leading yeah. us, and we, now you're back on Terra, and in, it really in, sucks. Yeah, in, in, in a literary sense, it's it's um, part of the old Passion of Christ kind of thing. It's the mm-hmm. why have you why have you forsaken me? He uses that line. Yeah. It's that kind of feel of this great father figure going, oh, yeah, all yours. You can handle this. I'm 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 leaving you to it. I'm I'm betraying you. And that's the feel of gas. Now, getting back to the question a little bit, um, was he was he wrong to hide the hide chaos and the warp from them? Hmm. For one thing, part of, that was part of what led to the betrayal of the Primarchs. He, right. he made them feel disillusioned, he kept, kept secrets from them. There's no doubt that was part of the trigger. I think it's very clear that the story has said it wasn't the only trigger. Again, his, his, Horus's own conscience coming in the way, his own conflict in seeing that the world was not as simple, the galaxy was possibly not as simple as the Emperor was making out. Um, obviously, Chaos itself got involved and corrupted him somewhat. Uh, on the other hand, though, um, warning him about that may have prepared them better to to deal with them saying you know the idea that you could be facing something that could be manipulating your feelings could be making you think and act in a certain way that's the the imperium in the current time has that um, all or nothing approach still because it knows that any touch of chaos can change someone slowly insidiously without them ever realizing you know gently sliding them from from being a good imperial citizen to being a basically a chaos cultist pretty Mm -hmm. much you know so that's interesting there should should he have kept it from them Mm, hard to be certain um, I think I still I in my place I think I would have done what the emperor did, which was go away and try and apply my own mighty intellect, assuming I'm this great omnipotent being, to try and solve the problem. I understand why why he did. Um, it, it may have been it's part of the catalyst for the events that followed. Right. Uh, you know totally. the, the question. I don't want to say the question is moot, but you know without the, without that happening, you, we wouldn't have this wonderful lore story, right? Yeah, totally. It's it's an interesting discussion. But yeah, yeah, definitely. It's the basis I, I of mean, we go into. Yeah. It'd be interesting. It'd be interesting. 
uh, I don't think we'll ever hear of anything from the Emperor's point of view, any book written or anything like that, uh, because that's one of the fun things about this is looking looking back and going, why did the Emperor do this, or what are, what are people thinking, or, you know, because you, you have this all-powerful figure, and he all of a sudden acts strangely, or and what you would think would be different, and it's like, well, why is he doing that? And it, it expands on these wonderful questions, like what Mitch gives. Uh, I mean, one of the things that I you could always say, uh, I, I'm beginning to get fascinated with uh, one of the Primarchs, Magnus, also known as Magnus the Red. And I, mm -hmm. I cannot remember... Um, um, Thousand Sons. Thank, thank you, Thousand Sons. But he... Uh, is isn't he the one that uses magic? Yeah, he's he, exactly. He uses the powers of chaos yep. to well, fight them. To well, fight he, he uses sorcery yeah. at, 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 in the beginning, and you yeah. know whether sorcery is is considered chaos is powered by chaos in the beginning. I don't know, the, but the, the, the whole kind of, the kind of definition it plays around is the idea is it's not just using warp and chaos powers specifically; it's the study of and the careful manipulation. Right. That's, that's I mean, what, I mean, he, he's got this incredible, incredible yeah. thirst for knowledge, and and he actually in in the story, um, he's he becomes aware of Horus's plan, and, and tries to warn the emperor, um, with actually, uh, and I haven't gotten to that part of the, that part of the series, but what I understand what happens, is, um, <laughs> of course, disastrous results. It doesn't happen the way it is, and I could see I could see the emperor not wanting to tell him about chaos because. Magnus is the guy who thirsts for knowledge, and he's going to go. Wait, what? I want to know the unknowable. That's yeah. that's a very yeah. strong facet of it. You know, yeah, he, yeah. Um, let's take, take the take the example of the emperor. Hi guys, here's this great, great, um, great corruptive, powerful force. By the way, you can wield it to a massively effective, destructive ends, and it could be a really powerful tool. Don't go and mess with yeah. it. Yeah. Don't do not push right. the that conversation big, well, is not going to go well. It's, it's, the, it's the whole do not push the big red button. All of a sudden, yeah. you can think of it's like I really yeah. want to push well, the big red button. Was, mm -hmm. Isn't there? And I and I don't know if this is. I think I saw this, heard this in a movie. Uh, but I think it comes from a book, which was the greatest trick the devil ever, devil, devil ever pulled was convincing us he didn't exist. Yeah. Yeah. Usual, right? suspects. usual suspects. So, yep. Usual Kaiser suspects, Soze. yeah. Um, the verbal so, kind, possibly Kaiser Soze. Yes. Yeah, so that's <laughs> Definitely usual Kaiser Soze. Oh, I, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, okay, so I was trying to mask oh, the Spoiler movie. alert, by the way, if anybody hasn't seen his 20-year-old <laughs> film. <laughs> so, so, and King Kong dies. Sorry, spoiler alert, they sure as hell should. <laughs> yeah. It's an amazing movie. Um, okay, so the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing us he didn't exist. Mm -hmm. So, by and and here's the rub, right? Assuming the devil is "quote unquote" chaos, which is not necessarily the right. But it's a, it's, a, it's a reasonable. It's, analogy. it's a re yeah. re reasonable. Okay. Hmm. Then then the emperor is helping that, right? Mm -hmm. The emperor is trying to protect people from from that, and I think, at least I would, I, I choose to think it's an altruistic. Like, okay, I'm going to protect them because they don't know oh. what's better for them. And it ends up coming back to bite him in the ass, which yeah. is just shows the power of you really need to let ideas out, right? The power of the First Amendment. In, in mm -hmm. the United States, we have we value the First Amendment. You can be, you can say anything you possibly want, as the, almost this, this podcast basically well, says. You can. You can. The there are consequences, <laughs> right? Yeah. Right. <laughs> It yeah. doesn't guarantee my right to be free from consequence. Yeah, that's what he's getting at. Right? Yeah, you can open your mouth and say whatever the heck you like, and, and there will be, then the person listening to you has complete right to respond as well. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. So, yeah. that's where the emperor screwed up, right? He was yeah. trying to keep the knowledge, 
keep a cap on the knowledge. Yeah, to, and it came back to bite. Yeah. To boil it down, you're quite right. There's no doubt at all that the largest part of his idea was people are not ready for this. This is not mm -hmm. safe for them to encounter. Primarchs on downwards for the whole of humanity. They should be. I should be the one to protect right. them from that. That's kind of the emperor's right. deal anyway. Is, is is it was guiding and protecting humanity. And, and I'm using this word. I'm using yeah. like real world yeah. like forces at work mm -hmm. here. Like oh, that was a mistake. Yeah. But this is a fictional world, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Chaos might be powerful enough. So as soon as you're aware of it, it's touched you, and you're. To, right? And that's the that's the imperial assumption. That is the that's that's what they've seen so far. Is right, that the, the moment psychers, you've heard about right? it, yeah, the mm -hmm. moment you've encountered it, it's a dangerous thing. So yeah. understand that. Now, the second part of this question, if he hadn't, what would be different? Well, there's an interesting one to talk about. Um, I'm pretty sure legions that you guys might not have got to, no, to a degree, touches on that actual question. Um, I really can't talk too much about this without dumping an enormous, really cool spoiler on you, but in a, very, in a very, 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 very vague manner, a particular one of the legions gets to learn about how the future could be. If the Horus Heresy doesn't come to pass, oh, they get a general idea of how it goes, and the the impression that um, Abnet goes for is it's far far worse than the current situation in 40k. Cool. Oh, yeah. That's that's not a big. That's I'm that going to have to read that book you, now. Legion, Legion <laughs> I'm is jumping ahead. Legion is one of the best Horus Heresy novels. Easily, it's awesome. But there's this idea that um, if uh, the Horus and Co did a did something that needed to be done, it brought it brought the threat of chaos into the um, view, viewpoint of the Imperium. It made it clear to the Imperium and by proxy the other, the various other races that might not have taken it as seriously, that chaos is a major, major danger. Look what it did. It took the greatest human civilization ever, split it right down the center and sent it to war against each other. You know, you wouldn't have the Space Marine chapters you have now. You know, they wouldn't exist. You'd have. That's the fun thing. I personally think what you would have, assuming that there's anything left after what to me would be an inevitable massive civil war, not driven by chaos, just a far worse one, as the various legions and primarchs finally bang heads and start to battle um, you would have some scattered remnants in the Imperium and you probably have something run by the Space Marines run by one of the Primarchs that would be my guess would definitely well in charge, I mean, you know? they touch on that in the beginning of the books where uh, some of the characters are going boy you know when this crusade is over won't it be great and then some of the other oh. characters are going there's always going to be somebody to fight this crusade will never be over mm -hmm. right yeah so and that that kind of might lead to some disillusionment there. Like we're always constantly going to be warring, and I, I think you're right because eventually, you know, if you have this race of warriors, and you have a million of them, and they're all led by these very powerful, incredible individuals, yeah, you know, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Yeah. Because there's already rivalries going on between. Yeah. Bet totally. You know, between between. Uh, um, uh, between chapters or between even between the brothers there, it's not this big harmonious group of all singing the same angelic choir you know there's rivalries there's some that resent Horus being named Warmaster they're like wait a minute you know uh, I you know Pertabo Perturabo Perturabo yes uh, of the Iron Hands is, is he's like I'm much better at siege warfare why am I not you know I should be the tactical I'm the tactical genius why am I not Warmaster kind of thing um, so the Eventually, you know, you have this army, and when you, and all they do is fight, and that's all they're bred to do. And then when you eventually run out, if they, yeah. the, con well, if the when crusade you succeeds, and they run out of everybody to fight, yeah. eventually it's going to yeah. go, you know, hey, remember 10,000 years ago when you stunned me in, in this party? I'm going to shoot you for it, yeah. kind of thing. It's, it's, you know, it's, yeah, it's you, you, tell, you tell it. them to stop suddenly. Yeah. And 
it doesn't it's it's not going to work well you know that's 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 why we've got this situation of all the marines broke up into tiny sections to stop them unifying together and possibly ca- causing causing that kind of mass destruction galactic wide yep. so but yeah good, interesting question much one one of those things that was um, fun because we had to pull together a lot of info to make it get anywhere yep. and exactly the kind of thing I would have expected from Mitch <laughs> unsurprisingly uh, thank you very much so um, December 11th as we mentioned already December 11th marks the first anniversary of the Texas Sector Warcast, and we are uh, wanting to celebrate with you. So, please, we'd like to hear from you about your favorite memories of the game, whether it was playing, talking, visiting with people over the World's Weekend, uh, whatever. You can send us an, uh, a WAV file, an MP3 file, uh, or even a video. If you want to send, if you don't know what any of that stuff is, if I if I just said MP3 and WAV, and you go, I don't know anything other than iTunes. I understood then, some of those words. Then. Uh, you can just do a quick video on YouTube, record it with your webcam. You don't even have to put yourself on camera. Just get us some recording. I can then transfer that into an audio file that I can include in the podcast. So if you want to do a video, that'd be great. Send me the link, and we can send us the link at tracksdetectorwarcast at gmail.com, and we can include that. If you want to just write up something real quick, uh, a couple paragraphs, we can include that as well. We'd really like to do this. That that would be the next episode, folks. So we're I think we're set to record the first week in December, maybe the second week in December, maybe the eleventh, maybe the I know the eleventh is a Friday, so maybe we record on that day. Mm-hmm. But send us what you have and and we'll include you in it. We'd also like to be oh, be sure and inclu- include your name, location and how long you've been playing Conquest. Um, in the recording or the narrative, whatever whatever you might give us. Uh, as many of you know, we have an active YouTube channel which has the World's 2015, the stream stuff from Fantasy Flight Games. Store championships are coming along. Hopefully you'll get your kits soon. Thanks to Haunting Game Cafe for the recording space. If you'd like to join the discussion, have ideas for future episodes, feedback or questions for us, you can contact us at TractorSectorWarcast at gmail.com via our Facebook page or Twitter at TractorSectorWC or leave a comment in the episode's comment section. This episode was sponsored in part by Rocky Mountain PC. Thanks for listening. The Emperor Protects. Protects.